Yeah, we're not going crazy in lockdown. We're not, we're not in cabin fever or anything, <laughs> but this thing looks remarkably like a burger. <laughs> to take the, the metaphor further, it isn't a burger if one of those things is missing. Right. <laughs> and I know it sounds like a strange way of putting it. But as, as, if, uh, if it's essential to have like a triple Mac or whatever, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to say we are the full burger, aren't we? Right. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Culture Burger Podcast. I am Jeff Hewitt. I'm your host today. And I am here with the one and only Gwyneth Harry. Hello, Gwyn. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. So, welcome to the podcast. This is the first one of the series. Um, it's quite an exciting opportunity. Um, how do you feel? Not nervous. Not nervous. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Why would you be nervous? But do you want to, uh, first of all, sort of introduce yourself? Tell us a little about yourself. My name's Gwyn Harry. Uh, I'm the CEO of XP School Trust and I'm the co-founder of XP School in Doncaster. Which, of course, is where we're sat right now. We're sat in XP East, of course, aren't we? Um, and you're here today to tell us a little bit about a new concept that you are dreaming up at the moment called the Culture Burger. And that is, of course, the title of this podcast. But you're going to give us a bit of an overview today, aren't you? I'm going to try. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, during lockdown one, yes, uh, this is when it happened, uh, we were really looking at the design of our schools and how we run our schools. And we were really focusing on simplifying everything and how you simplify things, how you clarify things, uh, because everything was getting far too complicated. Mm. Um, so we were looking at different ways in order to uh, simplify our message, in order to cut down uh, misunderstandings, in order to clarify our uh, voice, clarify our messages. Uh, and, and the way I sort of put it is to increase the signal and reduce the noise. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sort, of design, sort of design speak, really. Um, so in terms of the culture burger, um, we were focusing really, a lot of people focus in education on three-dimensional learning. Yeah, uh, a lot of people uh, talk about the hands, the heart, and the head. Uh, we can talk about uh, mastery of knowledge and skills. Um, you can talk about character growth, and you can talk about academic progress. You know, the, the, there's lots of different things that are aligned to these three different uh, attributes: work hard, get smart, be kind. Um, but. There were a couple of things that were missing uh, for me. Uh, I always joke about that I, I get to do all the boring things, like actually making sure that we exist. Of course. Uh, and making sure that we're going in the right strategic direction. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I deal with the operations of the school and, and the strategic direction as well. Um, and... I sort of started seeing these as like the, if, we, if you want to call it the brioche yes. bun of the three pate uh, culture burger. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. <laughs> um, it was like we were trying to say, yeah, we're not going crazy in lockdown. We're not. We're not in cabin fever or anything. <laughs> but this thing looks remarkably like a burger. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, uh, and and the more we looked at those things, the more we could align everything to those 
to those like five things now five yeah um and uh, to the point where even our financial models can be aligned to strategic operational how we do things how we learn to do them and how we look after each other that's basically the five things of the of the culture burger um and the I, i guess the crazily enough the last thing that we looked at was something that we just realized as these things emerged to us, of these universal design forms emerged to us. Um, we realized that we'd not revisited our design principles uh, mm. that we'd based everything on. So when you first started the school in 2014, was that when XP opened? Uh, yeah, yes, it was, yeah. Uh, you know, we, our journey really started to, to, started to open the school around... 2012 right and then in two years time yeah that's when it opened september 2014 yeah so these design principles you say that you've simplified them since then um how much has been carried from those first days yeah so if you look at the uh, history of our design principles we literally uh nicked them from high tech high sure. uh, and shaped them to how we wanted them to be uh and high tech high Uh, uh, they they originated from a uh, uh, a project run by Big Picture in America called the New Urban High School Project. Uh, Larry Rosenstock, who is the CEO of High Tech High, uh, was involved in that project, and he went over to uh, California to open High Tech High, and uh, he simplified those design principles. Now, if you look at High Tech High's design principles now, they've they've had a further iteration. Sure. Um, and ours had just stayed where they were uh, for seven years. Sure. Uh, so we needed to align our design principles to this culture burger, this uh, this this form that was emerging to us as we were trying to align and simplify and clarify things. Uh, so that's what we did, and it was really quite easy. Um, and we can now say our design principles in one sentence. And that sentence is? <laughs> uh, that sentence is, at XP, we build our community through activism, leadership and equity, sharing our stories as we go. Fantastic. That is that is beautifully simple, isn't it? Because to think that in 2012, when you first started thinking about this, that how many schools are we now in, in our trust? Eight. Eight schools. So it's a it's a very different situation to when you first started. We've naturally grown. And like you say, if if High Tech High have turned around and said, let's have a look at our design principles, we've done the same. And it's a natural evolution, wouldn't you say? Right. It's part of the design process. Sure. Just, just keep iterating until uh, you can't make it any better. So I'd like to say something about that. It's like, uh, you know, um, the French, uh, a French philosopher which I can't remember his name now, Antoine somebody, yes. uh, uh, said, um, he said, perfection isn't achieved when you can't add any more, it's when you can't take any more away. Yes. Uh, and that's really where we're at, is trying to simplify uh, what, uh, what we do. The, the, some people knew what our design principles were, most people didn't. Mm. They weren't being used, they weren't being useful. Uh, but now everybody knows this sentence and we go, when we look at curriculum, we say, where's the activism 
in this curriculum? How, how are our children actively contributing to building a better world? Yeah. And that is the measure of the quality of our curriculum. Of course. Uh, when we look at how we look after each other, when we look at character, we say, uh, how, how do we have everything we need to be the best version of ourselves? And that is rooted in equity. Um, you know, so uh, the the des the design principles now is our culture burger, mm. and it provides those like tendrils through everything from trust level, yeah, looking after eight schools, down to the individual child, yeah. You know, how are you learning to lead? Show me how you know that you are going in the right direction. Sure. So let's let's break this down then. So we've got. In this burger, hmm. we've got sort of three patties in the middle, haven't we? Yeah, and just to be clear, uh, they can be bean burgers Absolutely. or corn burgers. They don't have to be uh, meat-based products. Of course, that is true. That is what I would go for, personally. <laughs> so we've got three burgers in the middle. We've got yeah. these three burgers. Now, what are those three? What are these three? Are these the most fundamental principles? Right, so these are the things that we need to focus on. Sure. Yeah? No one's really interested in the bun, right? No one's no. interested no. in the bread, right? No. Yeah, these are the three fundamental things. So this is activism, leadership, and equity. So this is our curriculum, yeah, yeah, academic progress, and character, yeah, or you could say uh, hand, head, and heart. Yeah, yeah, all these things align. Yeah, uh, they don't. Uh, everything you do in school. It doesn't neatly fit. It's not a jigsaw puzzle. You, you can't swap one piece out and put another piece in. But you can align things. So mm. you can say, like, what's best fit? Yeah. Um, and, and therefore, you can then have, all right, that person is responsible for this. Uh, this is part of equity. This yeah. is part of learning to lead. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of like a how you can... Uh, unravel, uh, un uncomplicate like a really complicated uh, ball of string with different colours in it. Sure, of course. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, and, and and that's what we do at trust level. We can ask the same questions as we can a kid. Yeah. Right. Um, so the, the 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 bread bits are the operational stuff you know do we have everything we need to survive sustain and thrive so we look at finance we look at facilities management yeah for a kid it's their dress code and their equipment and their device sure okay right for a for a, a teacher it would be their classroom environment yeah uh, it's the operational stuff and then interestingly, uh, the strategic thing is, uh, is sharing our stories, mm. yeah, is are we doing the right things in, in the right way with the right tools? So we look at governance, communications and technology. Uh, and, and that's really interesting because it puts comms, communications at the centre of our strategic thinking. Sure. Share, capturing our stories to share them internally and externally, yeah? Because if we're capturing our stories, we're clarifying what we're doing. Mm. We're saying these are the things that we're doing in the right way, and then we use technology to share those stories. Absolutely. I can sort of see as well that quite a few of these principles tie into each other. So, for example, I would say that um, 
equity in technology is a big part of what we do, isn't right. it? Um, so I would say that it's just like, if, if this thing is missing, that is, uh, you know, preventing you from getting where you need to be academically, then we will do our best to provide that for you. Right, yeah. So so you say, how are you, how are you sharing your story if you are blind or deaf or mm. you have a special educational need or you are black or you are a lesbian? Yeah. Yeah, like what do you need? Uh, in order to share your stories at, at fr from the same starting point as everybody else. Absolutely, and we, we've talked about this idea of equity rather than equality, the difference between those two things, and there's that really great diagram, isn't there? Is it like three people trying to look over a wall? Right. I think there's another one that you've shown me before, um, a similar thing, but the idea being that it's about, like you say, the, the necessary tools to get people where they need to be in the same place. Right, and, and it recognises that we, we all start at different places yeah. for loads of different reasons. Uh, demographic, social demographic, so it could be down to uh, the home that you come from, it could be, unfortunately, the colour of your skin or your sex or your gender, um, you know, and we need to lower those barriers, mm. you know, uh, and, and therefore we say, you know, what tools do, do we need? Do we need to change the curriculum? Do we need to give you the right technology? Uh, but what do we do? So that, but that's a real focus. So that's as important. Hmm. Equity is as important as our curriculum. Uh, our curriculum is as important as academic progress. You know, whereas most schools focus on one thing. Sure. The one dimension of academic progress in a limited number of subjects, you know, maths, English, science. Hmm. Um, you know, as a parent, I want more for my kids. Uh, so we work harder uh, and we try and solve these really complex mm. problems. Um, and, and, you know, you need the money to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you need to be legally compliant uh, and you need to uh, know what you're doing, you know. So you need to have the operational stuff really tight and you need to have the strategic stuff really tight in order to focus on those three middle things, those three juicy pâtés. Absolutely. So it's it's not really I, I, to sort of take the um, to take the the metaphor further. It isn't a burger if one of those things is missing. Right. <laughs> and I know it sounds like a strange way of putting it, but as, if uh, if it's essential to have like a triple Mac, or whatever, <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to say we are the full burger, aren't we? Right. I think that's it, definitely. But that's that's the thing you sort of say that it's without the sort of financial stability behind this, it can't. The model can't work. It can't exist. Right. We can't suddenly turn around and say, "Oh, well, well, we can give you these tools. You know, we can create this incredibly creative curriculum. It needs to be backed up right. with these fundamental things." In terms of money, you know, you could say schools don't get enough money, or which, you know, I couldn't agree with. Or you can say, I can't believe the government gives us so much money to do so many cool things with kids. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that comes up a lot, this word rigour. It's something that's rigorous. Uh, we have a curriculum that's rigorous. And I think that's something that is inherent in what we do, isn't it? It's, you can... Um, it's enforced by by all these things being put together. It's it's got a good foundation in it, hasn't it? Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a it's 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 sort of it's not a conventional rigor. I mean, you you know, most schools would look at academic performance, mm. where we would look at um, 
do our students learning to lead? Yeah. You know, uh, we we would look at our students being active uh, ac- activists, mm. um, and 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 that's the rigor that we want. Um, you know, and and in most other, in conventional schools, rigor is enforced through a hierarchical scrutiny, whereas we use public celebration to create that rigor. Um, and again, it's just two sides of a coin. Yeah, you know, you can look at it from one way or the other, um, but it's really, really, it's really, really important. It's as important as you. Every human being wakes up in the morning and they choose whether they want to be happy or whether they want to be sad. Mm. And we choose to do this. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So let's talk about um, let's talk about this. It's the first burger, if you like. Let's talk about activism mm. and what that means to us. What, mm. what does activism mean in the context of the culture burger? Right, so uh, activism aligns with uh, hand, doing something, uh, our curriculum, yeah. Uh, beautiful work, creating beautiful work. What is beautiful work? And, and, and we align this with uh, what we call powerful knowledge, yeah. So in order for our kids to actively be contributing to building a better world, yeah, yeah. we need to teach our kids the knowledge to be able to do that to be able to change the world that surrounds them for the, for the better. Uh, and that's what we call powerful knowledge. So rather than, rather than looking at, you know, some schools say knowledge is power, I'd say the opposite of power is freedom. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and and there's, there seems to be this conflict between conformity and creativity. And we're certainly on, in the spectrum of that. We're on the creative side of things. We want our kids to be creative. We want them to be able to express who they are. So when we look at our curriculum, that's what we ask. You know, how are our kids expressing who they are through this work? How are they contributing to building a better world? Um, you know, uh, m- most schools, a, a lot of uh, conventional schools, look at the curriculum and say, say, how does this knowledge allow our kids to pass exams? Mm. Yeah. We ask the same questions and we go further, you know, uh, we say, and, and, and how is it, uh, how, how is that allowing them to build their character? How is that allowing them to uh, build a better world? Because ultimately, that's what we want our kids to do, right? Build a better world. That's what I want my kids to do. I don't want my kids just to conform to the world that is out there because... I don't think we're doing a very good job at it. No, absolutely. So can you give me an example of that activism, some sort of examples of how we've used that at XP? Right, yeah, because uh, the, the work that we're doing right now is taking this sort of bizarre concept of a culture burger and trying to go, actually, this is what it means. This is what it looks like, right? So... If you go from activism to powerful knowledge, yeah, we can then map our learning expeditions. Yeah. Uh, from we've got the standards all going into the learning expeditions, uh, case studies, experts coming into the school, field work going out to the school, but ultimately our kids are going to create something. Yeah. You can't be an activist if you're not creating something, right? Whether that's uh, an object, a book, a poster, or new knowledge. Uh, so then, what we what we are doing now is is going from the 
uh, the abstract concept to concrete examples. Mm. Uh, so like our kids have created books on uh, what does the community of Doncaster owe to the miners? What does the community of Doncaster owe to the railways? Mm. Yeah. Um, if you go to uh, Conisbury Castle, uh, which is a uh, Norman castle, you'll find posters, educational posters that have been created by our kids to explain who the Normans are and why there's a castle in Doncaster, a Norman castle in Doncaster. Sure, sure. So it's kind of, um, it's it's not only an essential part of the curriculum, but it's an essential part of the community that we create around the school. Right, yeah. And, you know, activism's not about uh, marching in a riot with a big placard, although it can, obviously can, it can be. Of course. Uh, but it's about writing poetry about something that re you really care about. It's about uh, creating art mm -hmm. and having it displayed publicly uh, to uh, thousands of people in Doncaster Art Arts uh, Gallery. Um, it's about having poetry jams in the local community centre uh, so that people can uh, experience poetry as they walk through, uh, you know, to grab a coffee or mm. uh, a sandwich, you know. Uh, uh, that's really what activism looks like and, and we, want, we want activism to be part of our curriculum, part of our expeditionary curriculum, going from a guiding question to a product that's been made. Sure. So, I mean, one of the essential parts of this, I'm trying not to relate it to the outside of the burger too early, but one of the things we, we talk about with that is that an essential part of that is the, the communication with uh, with the trust to the outside world. Right. So, for example, um, conventionally in schools, when you finish a piece of work, it ends up on the classroom walls. Right, if you're lucky, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're lucky, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, most of the time it'll be in the, a drawer. Mm. Uh, like, uh, in, uh, hopefully it'll be marked and sure. you've got some feedback. Yes. But most of the time, it's the, the, the child does that for the teacher. Yeah. And the quality of that work really depends on how much you respect that teacher. Of course. Right? You know you work really hard for a teacher that you respect and maybe not so hard for teachers that you, that you don't. Or maybe it relies on how much you want to pass an exam. Sure. Or how much you don't want to pass an exam. Uh, but what we've found is that kids work really, really hard when they know that their work is going to be displayed publicly one way or another. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we do at XP. Absolutely. So... So I guess that leads us quite nicely onto the second burger, doesn't it? This this concept of leadership, because we 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 want our students to be leaders of their own learning, right? Um, but it, it's not just. And there's about a great book called that, uh, written by a guy, Ron somebody. Yeah, what is his name? Ron, <laughs> big, big shout out for Ron Berger, my pal in America. How Absolutely. you doing, Ron? What a remarkable chap he is. Uh, and leaders of their own learning is is something that um, not only is it something that we sort of encourage our students to do. I know it's the the, the actual book itself is a is a part of our pedagogy, isn't it? Across right. the across the trust for our staff. Yeah. Um, but but what is what is leadership in the context of the culture there? Well, it, we call it learning to lead, yeah. Okay. And we look at students and adults, yeah, kids and adults, uh, and and we create structures to allow them to do that, right? Uh, uh, so leadership isn't just about getting people to follow you; it's about leading yourself, uh, you know. So uh, you, you ask yourself how. how 
how am I moving towards where I want to be? Mm. That's the question. How am I moving towards where I want to be? And if you unpack that question, you say, well, I need to know where I am. Mm. I need to know where I want to go. And I need to know the steps to get there. And I need to show that I'm taking that first step or I'm on the third step of seven. Sure. Um, and that's really important for adults as well as students. Um, so we create structures, so we create student-led conferences where the student, rather than parents' evening, where the teacher talks to the parent, it's the student talking to the, uh, their parents mm. where the teacher's just facilitating it. We have passage presentations where the students have an hour presentation to members of our community uh, where they show, prove that they're ready to take on GCSEs, for instance. Um, we have celebrations of learning where our students stand up in front of 200, 250 adults, a lot of them who they know, the experts that have helped them, uh, and they're demonstrating what they've learned in their expedition. We try and get the uh, what other schools would call data, you know, the information analysis yeah, yeah. Uh, of what we would call our habits of work and learning, how hard are they working, how smart are they getting, and how kind are they being. Um, we get that data to our kids so that they can own it. Yeah. Yeah, and then to realise that they've got to do something to, to get to where they need to be. Because it's part of a journey, isn't it? It's right. like you've got day one, you might have a, um, a kid who comes in and they're like, you know, I've got this concept of a, a presentation of learning in front of me and I, I'm not an incredible public speaker. But it's about getting to the top of the mountain together isn't it right and but there's also there's the wonderful thing about sort of tracking academic progress in that way but also sharing these stories as you go right is that you have you have a journey but so you might like you say knowing that you're at level three and you're gonna get to level seven that there's that concept that you're, you're working towards something right and what that what does that look like so we're always coming back to the question show me show me what that looks like yeah yeah because it's like you know, you can have these abstract things like numbers and mm. levels or whatever, descriptors, yeah. um, standards. What does that look like? Mm. Yeah, you, you've got to you've got to be able to show it in in one way or another, um, and that's why we keep asking the kids to do it. Show us it. Show us it. Show us it. So, is there a, is there a story that stands out to you? I'm sure there are hundreds and thousands of these, but is there a an example that you can think of off the top of your head where you think that's a really good example of someone who's been through that has learned to lead someone who's learned to lead for kids I see it every day yeah you know uh, where I see them transforming from you know the, the the small child that comes in when they're in year seven uh, to the to the young adults who decides where they want to go what they enjoy and who they want to become um, in uh, year 11 uh, after they've uh, achieved their uh, GCSEs. So that leads quite nicely into this idea of equity and equity in our schools in that the way that we share things, we, we, we see these journeys, we hear them, we, we see them happening every single day um, in our students and we, we see it happening with the staff. But what is equity in the context of the Culture Burger? So equity is aligned with uh, how we look after each other. Hmm. It's aligned with character growth, um, looking at uh, our narrative for success, hmm. right? And, and the narrative for success is a really simple um, ordered list of the way we look at 
uh, uh, how we look after both staff and students. We say, uh, are, are, are they safe? Are they engaging with us? Are they attending? Uh, are they uh, uh, building their character through the habits of work and learning? And, and are they achieving academically? Right. So this isn't like demoting academic progress to like uh, the, the, the last no. bit of importance. Yeah. What it says is, is let's, let's deal with the safety first. Sure. Yeah. Our number one priority at a school is to ensure that our kids are safe. Our number one priority is to ensure that our staff are safe. Yeah. So let's deal with that first. If our kids don't feel safe, they're, they're damn not going to be achieving academically, mm. right? Um, so let's make sure they're safe. Let's show they're engaging with us. And that, that's, yeah. that's very much equity in terms of how are they able to engage with what we do? And that could be moving them closer to where we are or us moving closer to where they are, us understanding uh, where they are. And we, you know, we've done a lot of work recently on... Um, the uh, black history for instance in yeah. our curriculum yeah now we did a lot before but we want to do more yeah we want to do more in terms of um diversity we want to look at uh, you know women's rights we, we studied the suffragettes uh we want to so celebrate things like that uh we need to look at you know um climate change anything anything that affects anything that affects us so what are we worried about so are they safe? Are they engaging with us? Um, are they attending school? Yeah, they're not going to be achieving academically if they're not attending school. Mm. You know, that's the the facts show that, right? Yeah. Um, and then, are they working hard, getting smart, and being kind? That's their howls, our mm. habits of work and learning. If they're not working hard, if they're not getting smart, if they're not being kind, they're not achieving academically. I can show you graphs that show that kids who aren't being kind are not achieving. Uh, academically um, so we do it in that order so equity is is about following that narrative of success but the the, the main work really is lowering the barriers uh, you know uh, if it's if it's financial do, do they have a device you know uh, if it's um, if it's different if, if we need to differentiate if we if we need to move towards where they are then that's what we'll do uh, so that's really about getting our kids as much as we can, as much as we possibly can, at the same starting point as uh, as, as each other, in order for them to have the same opportunity. Mm. And that's the only way that we're going to be able to achieve equality. Yeah. Yeah. Kids have got a very keen sense of that's not fair. Yeah. Right. But fairness. They understand that fairness doesn't mean the same. Like when we go on Duke of Edinburgh, yeah, the big fit uh, kid will carry more than the small frail kid. Yeah. Right? And they think that that's fair. Yeah. And it is fair because that's equity. Yeah. Yeah. Equality is not fair. No. Because we're not all the same. No, absolutely. And I, 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 it, it seems strange to sort of bring this up in a sort of a, a meta way because the cameras are pointing at us at this particular point. But we've just witnessed a really, really good example of how this works in our schools, haven't we? We've just seen something right. happen directly in front of us, right. which unfortunately 
the viewers won't be able to see. But do you want to explain what has, what has just happened in the last 10 minutes? Uh, yeah, so uh, there was a little community meeting up, up at the stairs and uh, there was a bit of a mess on the bottom of the stairs. That's where we have uh, our lunch. And uh, um, there was a bit too much of a, a, a mess in terms of food on the floor. So um, our teacher, Joe. Uh, asked for volunteers uh, to, that would help uh, clean up and two lads who may or may not have been the culprits yeah. uh, volunteered to, uh, uh, to tidy it up and then uh, our teacher said and if you see that mess like that make a stand yeah, yeah. Uh, because you know you don't want to be the ones cleaning up all the time right mm. Um so that's in, you know, in that small way, that's uh, that's equity right in, in, in front Absolutely. of our eyes. And, and not only that, but I think it's it's a really good example of of how these things tie nicely together. So uh, you were talking, for example, about the the suffragettes and, and that being in the curriculum. And I know that one of our most recent expeditions was uh, culminated in a, a final product of being a plaque uh, to commemorate suffragettes from Doncaster. Right. And not only is that a form of activism, mm. but it also it's a, it involves that equity along the way, doesn't it? So, absolutely. I mean, that that's the thing about this culture burger is it, it's it, it's all encompassing. And and of course, you remarked earlier that you know if you're going to have a triple burger every single time, then yeah, but but we do, don't we? That's, <laughs> well, that's what, we, what we try. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's where that's what we're aiming for. I mean, we're not perfect. Uh, we don't get it right uh, all the time. But when we when we do, it's spectacular, hmm. um, and we see things that I've never seen before in schools and never thought I ever would. So that's so that's the culture burger as, as a whole. And I, over this series, we're going to be exploring that in more depth, aren't we? Right, yeah. Because what we really want to do is go from the abstract concept to the concrete example. So that while we can talk about a culture burger, mm. um, uh, we want people to understand what we mean. And, and to do that best, we want to show them. Yeah. Absolutely. And what better way to do that with than with an exciting new podcast? There we go. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Gwyn. It's no been problem. it's been fantastic. And um if you want if people want to find out more about what we do, where should they go? Where where do you want to find Absolutely. And and we have a book, don't we, as well? We have a book. If you go to that website, you can buy it. It's called How We XP. Absolutely. Uh, it's uh it's got a lovely story about it, how we started and uh, then where we are now and a lot of insights into into what we do and uh, hopefully uh, this podcast and the work that we're doing will uh, uh, create more detail on there and colour color those stories in. Absolutely. So thank you very much for listening. If, uh, if you've liked what you've heard, then please subscribe and uh, more content is heading your way. Thank you for listening to the Culture Burger podcast. Thank you, Gwen. Thank you. Thank you.